Welcome to the Tabor and Bethel podcast with your host, Michael Tucker. This is the place where we put the word of God in everyday conversation and build a community of strong believers. Now, let's jump into today's message. Hey guys, hey guys, welcome back to the channel. Today, we are going to talk about being purpose driven. So I think this question usually comes up, uh, maybe in church, maybe outside of church. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? Things of that nature. And once you figure out what you're supposed to do, how can we be purpose driven? How can I take what I'm supposed to be and do what I'm supposed to do? So we'll hop into it today. We'll take a quick break. You guys stay with us. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to the channel. <laughs> I got two great men in the studio with me. I got Kenneth. What's up, everybody? I got Cortez. All right, what's going on, everyone? Sweet. All right, so everybody had a good week? Absolutely. Yeah. Week's been pretty dope. It's been pretty good. Dope and hot. I'm going to say it's been a great week. It's been good. It's, uh, it's been great. Good busy. Good hot. So, mm-hmm. awesome. Anything, I guess, exciting happen? Man, on on a good note, you know, family's good. You know, daughter's still getting her feet settled in school. Okay. So, you know, kindergarten that whole the whole nine and getting adjusted. So she's doing pretty good. Um, still waiting on God, man. Still waiting on this opportunity to, to open Showing up. up. So Showing up. you know, trusting the Lord and, and trying to stay busy in the meantime while I'm waiting for that to happen. So it's a lot of lot of faith walking right now. I feel you. Cortez, anything exciting? Oh, absolutely. I I would definitely say um my my heart was pounding uh by making a a making which you know how you can have some things that you want to do and when it's time to do it you're like okay well here's the day to kind of put some things in place like like confirm you know it's time to make a a move and so what does that move consist of does that mean make reservations pay for it this is the date flight pay for it you know and all those different things you can just actually see what god has been saying and then you look back and you go oh wow i'm actually walking into what i'm supposed to be doing and i'm doing it you know, I'm not talking it. So now that they, you know, it was one of those type of things. And so, of course, with all of that going on, so much laughter and healing and things like that, and then looking at other people around me, um, exploding, doing their thing, I, w- I would have to say that that's a that, that's a lot. A lot of great things that's been happening. True. I know you had a busy week. I, was, <laughs> I got In that text. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, yeah. talk, we'll talk about yeah. it later, but just the timing of God. It is. Uh, I think that kind of goes in what we're talking about today. The timing of God. Like, I remember when I was younger and having dreams of standing in front of a, a, a mass amount of people and speaking, you know, it scared me. Like making the moves and the reservations, like you said, like stepping out on faith and answering a call. Mm-hmm. Those things are scary to me. And it's, I see what I'm supposed to do, but how do I get there? That's usually been a question that I've, I've struggled with. I think, Kim, we talked about that before we started recording is, yeah. 
I see the I see the end part, but how do I do the journey? Like, how do you answer the call? How do you answer being called? Not necessarily in ministry, but how do you answer the call? I hear you knocking at my heart. I'm saved. Being purpose driven. Like, how do how do we get to that point? Well, I think, um, and, and I'm still I'm still in the process of, of fully understanding what being purpose driven is all about. Um, but at least for us who who believe, we understand that our purpose ultimately is to be one with the Father, is to is to be True. where He is, right? And to and to pray and believe and ask and knowing that the Father will give you the kind of heart that is required to be where he is. Okay. Because we, we don't all start off that way. You know, we, we come to the knowledge of the truth and it's receiving and confessing the truth and believing it, but now you have to walk in it. And and walking in the truth and understanding who you are in the Lord, you find your purpose, right? At least that's that's the formula. So the walking in purpose is the part that's that's challenging. And I'm still in that place where I'm trying to understand and, and really f- set everything in, in, in stone. Um, but for the most part, I understand that being purpose-driven is all about knowing who it is that you serve, knowing what he cares about, and then praying and seeking and asking him to align your steps so that you're in line with where he wants you to be. So, so long as we keep our focus on him and we keep our focus on what, really focusing on what he says, focusing on his word, because no words are wasted when he speaks. Very true. Everything that he says has purpose. Everything that he says is, you know, there's a message attached to it and it's going, it's going out as seed, it's going out as prophecy, it's going out as will is going out to be fulfilled because no word that he speaks comes back to him void. Everything that he speaks comes back with fruit, bearing fruit, bearing evidence of him, you know, whatever it was that he said comes to pass to fruition and happens. So what we fall into place is just really trusting his word, trusting what he says about us. You know, that comes with knowing who you are, right? right? And then just walking in it. You know, it's not about feeling, it's not about you know what you what you think but trusting the teachings of the instructor you know he he's our instructor he's done it he knows what we're walking through and he he's given us his spirit to be able to fulfill all things that he's called us to so you know understanding that we just got to you know trust and believe and and walk in it okay what it means um but one of the things i would say about being purpose driven is to understand that there is a purpose that exists for you. True. And so um, many people, um, they live their lives. I know I did for a long time. Um, I can, you know, I can discover that I can, I might have a skill set. I might can fix something. I was probably shown how to wash a car. But then when you get down to the point of saying, all right, why am I really alive? You know, and then when you look around and you realize, okay, the opposite is is to be not here, to be absent, to be dead, you know. Yeah. And what has helped me over the years um, is um, when I was invited or I was kind of prompted to go to other people's funerals. And 
um, their life on earth became, came to an end. And then I remember when it was close people that I was just like, okay, those ideas, those dreams. Um, I wonder if they ever had had any chance to get to them. And then um, many people don't, you know, because it's it's that discovery time. And so when you discover or you said, okay, why does these people keep telling me that it's something unique about me? Um, am I am I doing the things that I was born to be? Everybody's born to do something, or God wouldn't waste, you know, this. Um, this this clay that, that he created to be a human being, you know, and yeah. a lot of times we find ourselves being human doings of just just doing things. And so with <laughs> the discovery of what we're supposed to uh, be doing that has that God looks at it as oh, that's purpose. OK. And then when we um, say, OK, let me agree to what he says about me, because what I'm saying about me has been getting me um, not that far. You know, it's, it's the, their, their limits. So I will also say I'm having a made up mind. Right. And say, OK, um, you know how people say, well, um, I need to make up my mind. So make up means the word make and made uh, says process. Says, all right, let me gather my thoughts, get my emotions. I, I love what Brother Kenneth said, get my emotions out of the way because emotions doesn't, you know, it doesn't have, um, you know, it, <laughs> emotions. I was told that emotions is the worst indicator for what it is not. Oh. And so if you measure emotions and, and let that be your measuring stick, you will never get anything anything done because it's so fair weather. It, 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 right. you know, it has no respect. And so we, we ask God, okay, God, give me the uh, tools. Give me a direction um, to what I need to be doing. So if, you, if you're saying you called me out, you called me out of darkness into a marvelous light, um, that I am part of a chosen generation, that means that you carefully picked me. All right, if you beautifully and wonderfully made me, and then um, now it's up to me to make up my mind to agree with what you've been saying about me. Right. And then what you said I should have. Um, you know, um, I can I can have um, I can do all things. Okay, so why will Paul even say that about? Okay, so that must mean something in his life have happened to him to say, with you, Christ, I can do all things through you that gives me strength in return. So with all these different components, I think it's just one of those things. Let me just make up my mind to be all right. There's a purpose, and I'm gonna let that purpose drive me to where I'm supposed to be going. Right. Versus I'm just working at this job, and I'm looking at, and, and I'm trying to. Um, say, well, I guess I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I'm good at this. Well, what happens is you come to an end to yourself, and now you are just, as I was just saying, you have this human doing, and now you're bored because you're like, it got to be another reason why um, God didn't take me off this earth. It had to be other reasons why I'm able to do these different things. And usually God has stopped um, speaking to other people that, that, that may not even know you or know your conversation that he's been trying to tell you through all elements to let you know you're so good at these different things. Have you tried to exhibit these different things that you're able to do easily? And so that might be equivalent to a gift. And in the scriptures in Proverbs, that uh, your 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 gift, a man's gift, it was what it what it really says, it will make a room for you, and then as a result of making room, which is opportunity, it's going to bring you before great men. So let all these different things that God has been saying about you just agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's our problem. You know, we don't believe that. So whatever we don't believe, we don't agree with it because we help. You know, you, you want to know why people don't believe? Because oh. it's so hard. You think it's hard? You, you want to know why I think it's hard? Because I, we talked about this, me and Kenneth and I did. I'm going to show you Z. That's, I'm going to show you Z. But I'm going to call you an A. Right. Okay. Now, what's up to your job? This is what you're supposed to 
adhere to the journey and be consistent from steps B all the way down till I get to Z. Okay. So I think the scary part is God gives a dream. He gets a purpose, right? Okay. So to me, he gets a dream and the purpose gets you to that dream to fulfill it. Okay. So it's, I think people, I think they're scared of the journey. It's the commitment part. And I can say okay, I've yeah. not always been committed as to seeing every single thing through. I couldn't stand that. It's I think that's the hardest I think that's the hardest part about being purpose driven. It's I need you to do this for the kingdom. And it's like, all right, Lord, that sounds good. That that look good. I, I like that. So when do I start? Oh, oh no, you, you can't get to the hundred thousand dollar job right now. I need you to do this. Um I need you to mop <laughs> the flows first. You gotta start in the parking lot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You got to be out there waving and greeting people at the at the entrance before you even think about setting foot on the pulpit. You, what you crazy? Yo. You, you got to earn your stripes first. You know, I like it's funny because I was I was um, you know watching some videos from uh, some experienced people in the field I'm going into just to kind of get my yeah. mind in the right place. It's like, man, when you get in, don't don't expect to get some brand new equipment. You know. You're gonna get some hand me downs for people that done <laughs> retired and all this stuff. You're gonna you're gonna have to earn work you know, this. And, yeah, there's and, and there's no complaining either because mm-hmm. there are people who've done it, who've been where you are, and they've put their time in and now they have the things that they have because they're proven. But don't they get that though? Like the complaining? Yeah. yeah. Man. I know I, I have complained more than I should have. All of all, us have. on the journey. All of us have. I can admit that. Right. And I remember Man, years ago, I remember being called into the ministry, and it it freaked me out. I was scared. Mm-hmm. Number one, I didn't want to do it. Oh, of, of course. I, I didn't want to do it. I kept having dreams about, like, speaking in front of people, and I was like, oh, that looked nice. Mm. Oh, that looked cool. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. Don't really know how to answer to that dream, but it's like, all right, cool. And I spoke to one of my uncles about it, and he was like, oh, that's the Lord calling you to the ministry. All you do is say, yeah, and the dreams will stop. Because I kept having the dreams. They were recurring dreams. The same dream. Just okay. speaking in front of people. And I finally said, yes, the dreams stopped. They stopped. And I was like, yes. And then he was like, well, well now you got to. <laughs> yeah, now you, yeah. you need to do it. Now, now you got to do the work. <laughs> right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like um, marriage. It sounds good. It sounds great. <laughs> you know, and, and scripture even says that, you know, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and receives yes, from the Lord, right? So yeah. it's a good thing, but in, in lack of understanding, when we say, we, you know, will you marry me? We don't fully understand what we're asking for. Because I think if, if most of us knew what we're asking for, we'd probably run from it. Yeah. But it's a building tool because we can't ever really fulfill our purpose until we become whole and be, become complete with what God has for us. Now, I'm not opposed to what Paul was saying because I agree in certain instances you have more focus and more time to do the Lord's work when you don't have responsibilities as far as like family responsibilities, taking care of wife, kids and all this stuff. You can just go. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to. There's no check and balances. You can just go. But there's a whole nother ball game when you talk about understanding the wholeness of God and who he is, his character, his personalities, because our spouses are, are a part of us. Yes. And that's an image that a marriage is supposed to be. It is the image of who God is, right? Mm-hmm. So being married and, and understanding the purpose that God has given us, that commitment is, is 
you know what, what people say. Sometimes I think I bit off more than I can chew. <laughs> but you really, you really got to take it by, you know, knock those doors down by walking through the first door that God's giving you. Man, you, you know, know, you know what really scared me about marriage. It wasn't as far as being married. I, I don't. I like being married. Right. Before I got, I was scared because I was like, "Hey, how are these bills gonna get paid?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's that's expensive. I'm sorry, that was my fear. It, it wasn't the, the married part. It was it was paying the bills. I don't want my lights off. I like to eat food, good yeah. food. Yeah. I, 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 Lord, what you mean? I can't have it because what now? Oh man, it's the whole total sacrifice of it. Jesus, you know? help me. But it, but you know, but I like what you you all are saying because uh, you know. Me and marriage, I look at the whole um, long haul of it, um, the way he sees it. First of all, marriage is marriage is all is is, is a it's a industry by itself. You know, okay. it, you know, it's its own ministry by itself. True, and you know, there's a grace that comes with it to in order to walk in and, and do it that that um, enables you because you said yes to it, and so and then there's this agreement. That uh, both people um, are willing, which has a lot to do with your soul, which I guess that's why they call it the whole uh, soulmate thing of it. Um, there's this um, agreement that both parties need to have made an understanding that when I look at the other person, I'm I'm supposed to be looking at me because we're intertwining and right. we are be- becoming. I was saying this at, at work today at the barbershop. When there's whenever you say became or or becoming, be means existing and coming is something that's on its way every day. Right. So okay. there's this. So if you became something, that's a result of a, of a decision. So if you say, hey, um, I I want to uh, join. So that's the, there's, the, there's this willingness. I want to join with you. And then the other partner saying, okay, me too. And now you're saying, well, to what extent? Yeah. Um, are are you willing to join? You know, and that's not based upon old references and all the things like that. And so, in my marriage counseling and and, and just my experience of of being married, I, I I always look at that and like, okay, I don't think people realize what those things um, externally mean to what extent. And when you say, well, to death do me part, and you're gonna honor this covenant, it's not just marriage. You know, it's it's actual covenant union the way God looks at it, blood right. covenant together. Right. You know, so. So that means that every, even everything that you're exposing, um, that's one of the only moments that I believe <laughs> that's supposed to go to the grave with the other person, you know, <laughs> because once you do something different, now you risk, you risk, uh, you know, your your intimate uh, um, transparencies being shared with somebody else because it was originally meant for it to go down to the grave between you and the father and the um, spouse, right? You know, so but when it comes to purpose driven. Um, with as you said about marriage, or even if if, was, if you're doing something single, even in the workplace or in the marketplace, it's it is still okay. Um, how do I see the, How do I see myself operating from the Father, and what and um, how would He get the glory out of my life in this? Right. You know, and if it's for the kingdom, then know that um, this is even beyond what I'm doing. You know. Yeah. So there's this covenantal agreement that goes with it. So if I mean. If I do the wrong person, then he's not going to get much glory out of that because it's all about what's been ordained. You know, I've experienced yeah. that. <laughs> and then you go into the other thing of, of people say, hey, I'm going to make it work. Make it well, there's this leading of the spirit that reveals all truth that you you still have to agree with how he looks at it in truth. And so let the truth bless you and set you free. 
So there's liberality in it, and then so God's word can make sense to you in that manner of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot that goes with all of that, um, you know, or who you connect yourself with to be purpose-driven and what that means. So you either grab people along with you, or if you're doing it alone, you're still supposed to um, inquire the Lord. He's just, you know, he's supposed to seek him where he may be found. Put him first, because you're just going to be out there. That's true. And, um, and that's a journey by itself. You know, and some people um, think that they that, that they are all right, just going on by themselves and don't need anybody else. And this world, it was not designed for that. Completely agree. And I used to have a problem hearing the word soulmate because I was like, man, I don't think that's true. I was like, I don't, I, I don't think that's a thing. I just don't think it exists. Yeah, I'm going to mate with my soul. You know, partnership in Christ, partnership in union, yes. But um, I used to say that, honestly. You know, I used to say, oh, this is my soulmate. But but within the last two, three years, I've been dissecting what the soul consists of. And it's really just your awareness of your psyche, your emotions, your mindset, and your willingness. So if, I'm, if I have those three things, which is what the soul consists of, and I'm saying this other person makes that. So, they, so that's, you know. That's, that's really what you're really saying is the person I'm linked to is equally yoked. Right, the person that I'm with supposed to is but. joining. We're 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 joining together, and we're in agreement. So, well, if if we look at it from the perspective of the conversation, which is being purpose driven, for anybody who who believes in the Lord, when you when you say I believe, you you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. You you in the beginning, you really don't know what you're saying, but as you continue to learn Him and learn who He is. And and the initiation of our faith is in saying, God, I believe who you are. I believe that your son died on the cross to pay for my sins, and he, he's alive. He was resurrected. You you brought him back to life, and he lives now. He speaks now. You know, when we confess that, what we're saying is, God, I agree with you that you are who you say you are. And our what we're telling our spirit, man, or what the spirit is confessing in us is that, there's a desire to become one with who you are, but the flesh isn't there yet. You know, we haven't subdued the flesh yet. We still right. got the fleshly mind, the fleshly body on there. So the more time we spend in the word understanding, you know, what the scriptures say about who we are, like we were saying earlier, learning what the Lord says about us, paying attention to the letters that he sent, you know, paying attention to the warning signs. And just like we were saying, discussing earlier, you know, Lord, Lord. You know, not everybody that says Lord is going to enter into the kingdom. So what we, what Correct. was he talking about? You know, he's talking about a body of believers. We're not even, that's an in-house conversation. We're not even talking about people who don't believe because that's a whole different discussion altogether. When we look at everything from the Old Testament to the New, we're talking about in-house. God is cleaning in-house for, for my people, right? So even when salvation came from first to the first first to the Hebrew, you know, the, the descendants of Abraham, and then to everybody, whosoever would believe, because the original nation rejected the Lord. Now the gift is freely given to everybody whosoever would believe and receive the word and do the will of the Father. Correct. That's becoming one with the Father. Again, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. And if you be in me, you know, you you are also being the father. You know, I'm the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So when we find our purpose and we've made up our minds, 
a branch that's connected to the tree has no it has no choice. It's going to bear leaves. It's going to bear fruit because it's connected to the vine. Correct. It doesn't have it doesn't have a choice because you're connected. You understand what I'm saying? Like you're part of the process. So once you get plugged into that process, it's a, a it's a matter of how the system works. There's nothing that you can do to disrupt that system because we're plugged in. So when you follow that purpose, even when you don't understand, you know, I don't want to do this. Lord, I, do I really got to get this person five dollars? You just told me to get this person five dollars. Like, come on, man. I'm trying. I'm late for work. I'm trying to get the work, and here I am. You stop me now. You telling me to go get this person file. If that's what God, if that's what the Spirit is telling you to do, just do it. Be in obedience, because God wants us to be obedient and follow His way. It, it, it doesn't matter what people say, what people think. You have to determine. Like, okay, for example, I had an interview, a job interview, for you know, position at a bank, and. During the process of the interview, the the question was brought up of what is your favorite app, right? Because they're looking for people who are tech savvy and yeah. that nature. So the very first thing that came to mind was my Blue Letter Bible app. That's my favorite app, hands down, because I can break down scripture. I can look, go back to the original text, research what the meanings are in the words, and how they correlate, or how they correlate, excuse me, with um, what the, the the content of of what's being said at the moment, right? To really bring out the full understanding. So that was my example, and part of me inwardly was like, okay, so now you just mentioned the Bible. I don't know where these people across from me sit as far as believing or whatnot, but now I just put myself out there, and you know we play this PC game about, you know, not on the job. Who, who you know, after the interview, and I the interview went great. But I had a conversation with God. It's like, Lord, I don't like being in situations where if I speak up and I say something about who I am, that I got this weight on me like, oh, PC, will I be judged? Or what, did I forfeit this position because I mentioned, the, I mentioned the Bible, I mentioned that I believe in Scripture or anything like that? Like, I want to get to the point where, you know what, I, it is what it is. I don't care. If Correct. it's for me, it's for me. And God, if this is a door that you're opening, you're opening that door and no man can close it. Point blank, period. So we just have to get to a point when you're purpose driven, you don't care what anybody has to say about what you're doing, where you're going, where the Lord is leading you, because you know you have assurance in him. Your assurance is not in a loan that's being fulfilled by the banks and whether or not this loan is going to go through. Your fulfillment isn't in the the body of people that are around you that agree with you or that are going to support you because you might not get support from the people that are around you. Look at what happened to Joseph when he, when he spoke up about the dream that God gave him, you know. But when he found himself in Potiphar's house, that was conditional. That that wasn't his purpose, but it was still working. When he was in the prison, that wasn't his purpose. It was a conditional. You know, all those things that happened in his life and that are happening in our lives are part of the story to mold us and prepare us for our purpose and what our purpose is. So even when we can't see it, when it doesn't make sense and you question God's motives, you have to come to a point where you realize that God is sovereign regardless, regardless of my understanding or lack thereof, regardless of what I see around me, you know, the purpose is to keep our eyes on Christ, period. And we see that no, nowhere more clearly than when Peter stepped out of the boat, when he said, Lord, if it's you, if it's you, that that's faith, right? 
Lord, I think I see you and I think I heard your voice. Sure. And you said, if it's me. He said, yes, it's me. He said, if it's you, call me out to the water and I'll, I'll step out and I'll walk to you. And he said, come. So he got the word right there. That's faith. Lord, if this is you, if you're for me, nobody can be against me. So the Lord says, go, go. He stepped out and he was able to walk on water. Be- and not, be- not because of his own power, but because God said so. If you believe, because God operates on faith, it's impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. So we have to, we're blessed if we believe and we go out on faith and trust that he is who he says he is. Correct. Right? It's only when Peter took his eyes off of the Lord and he saw the waves and he saw the water that he become, he became frightened in that moment and he started to sink into the water. That We do that every day. So being purpose-driven is, is understanding that at least for the believer, I, I got to keep going back to that. Those who believe, because it's 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 a, it's a foundation of who it's it's a fabric of our DNA. We have to go back to belief. We have to go back to that because once you once your eyes are set, it really doesn't matter what any exterior opposition that comes your way. My mind is made up, and if you know what, if I gotta go in this furnace because I believe, then it is what it is. I might burn, but I know where I'm going. I know who I belong to. And I'm not bowing down, period. Do what you got to do because I made my made up my mind. I'm 100. So once we figure those things out and we know what what drives us, that, you know, what the purpose is that drives us, there's nothing that can't stop us. And, and the Lord is waiting on us. He's already he's already done the work. He's done the heavy lifting. He just wants us to walk out our faith. That's good. So, That's really good. So answering the call. Stepping out on faith. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. I predestined you. Right. I got a plan for you. Right. Answering the call. And we start to take a step on faith. Mm-hmm. We take another step and we hit a roadblock. It's, it's the equivalent of trying to get something done and you feel like there is something impeding the success of getting the other steps done. Sure. So being purpose-driven, it's not an easy journey. You will have good days. You'll have bad days. You'll have successes. You'll also have failures. Correct. So purpose-driven is, God, I hear you saying that I'm supposed to do this thing. But we got to accept everything that comes with this thing. Right. You know, being purpose driven is saying that, all right, Lord, I got it. I'm going to do it. I answer. Yes, I got it. And we leave happy. It's like it's like when you first get saved. Right. Mm-hmm. You're on fire and you're trying to see everybody. Hey, man, let me tell you about Jesus. Hey, man, let me tell you about Jesus. And you meet that third person that says, get out of my face. Right. And then it's like, oh, man, it's like, oh, that's a setback. It's not even a setback. It is the fact that we're not focused. You know, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. all right, Lord, I'm going to get to step 10, but I'm stuck on step three. Right. It's, I got faith, but I'm going to need you to help me a little bit on step three. It's like giving someone a dream and saying, all right, here's a dream, but you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I struggle with because God will give you the dream. He'll give you the purpose. But it's up to us to take the steps. Right. right. And like we were Definitely. talking we were talking earlier, 
The hardest part about that is being consistent mm-hmm. along the journey because it's easy to get distracted. That's why we're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus and we're supposed to mm-hmm. renew that fellowship every single day. And faith says that in spite of what I feel, in spite of what I see, I trust you. I trust you that I can go from steps one all the way up to 10 and I can get it done. And after I get these steps done, you'll give me something else to do. Absolutely. So when you want to walk down that destined pathway, that plan that he has for you, it ain't all roses and sunshines. I think I've failed more than I've succeeded stepping out on faith. Well, at least it felt that way, you know, Mm -hmm. but feelings are very fickle. And we're not supposed to go by that. We're supposed to be faith, and it's supposed to be earth in Jesus Christ. Like, that's where I'm planted, and that's where I draw my well. Mm-hmm. Earlier, I think it was this week, maybe even last week, Marty Sampson, he was a writer for Hillsong, and he had some questions about his faith. And I guess it seemed like he had renounced his faith, but now he's saying that it's on shaky ground. I sort of get his perspective of having questions and not having answers. Right. And that's natural. You know, that that's part of that's part of our walking with the Lord, because there are going to be things that happen that we don't foresee or situations and, you know, life circumstances that are going to come our way that we don't fully understand. But we know he's still sovereign. Still right? sovereign. We, we still we still have to rely on that foundation that he's sovereign. So, you know, if you ever come to a point where you question your faith, the real question is, did you ever really believe to begin with? You know what I'm saying? Because if the Lord is sovereign and he who, who he says he is, he doesn't change. He's still the same yesterday, tomorrow, and forevermore. He's solid. And we're fickle. We're the ones that have to, you know, self-examinate and find out, you know, where we are and whatnot, you know. Well, um, I can agree with if, if we, um, if if he or or a lot of us have, have in the beginning, you know, if we have, uh, if we had our belief in place from the from the beginning, and I believe that everybody does, you know, yeah. you know, and everybody has a different measure of it, um, you know, <laughs> mustard seed, sunflower seed, you know, you know. And I used to get very, very, I mean, you know, or whatever, you know. So everybody has that measurement stick of whatever it is. And I believe um, when you hear people that, that say, hey, I had it for a long time, but now I'm starting to question. To me, I, I, I just believe that for him to have a question, he's in a different sphere of where his where his faith is for where he is at, at that plateau. Because you had enough faith to get all of those other things done, great successes. So it takes faith to even pull that stuff off. Because that's what success means, is when you're able to pull it off, God give you a vision, you, you, you're able to pull it off. Right. And so when you get to that next plateau, you be like, okay, um, what does this mean? Now I'm on shaky ground. So by reading the um, article very briefly and then looking at a lot of us and some people kind of fade off or not as on fire for the Lord, but we, but we started off one way, but then we're in a different place. It just, to me, it's, those are live references from when, you, when we read the scripture that says, um, God, hey, I do believe, but help thy unbelief. So when it comes right. to this area, um, I need faith for that area because this thing is even bigger than me. Or these questions goes beyond what my comprehension is. So I don't feel secure in, in what my old belief is. So 
it's kind of shaky. I don't want to renounce it because I know that you do exist and you've been proving yourself. Because faith without work is dead. We have all these different references. Right. So I had to have faith to get this far because we walk by faith and not by what we see. But if we're going to always be a – the whole journey should be continually an understanding of saying, as I'm walking further into God, I'm going to become even more blind because I can't see it. It's not meant for you to see it. If you can see it, it's not faith. Right. So, but so, right. so, so exactly, you know. And if you detour that, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you become sick, right? Yeah. Now you feel like, oh, I don't feel where I am, where I am, because my hope is something else. It it just it just detours somewhere else. But I think we all have had that um, that um, moment or that challenge to say, um, you know, I don't know how my faith is when it comes to God, because God may not be saying something that's clear to me. Um, I like what this preacher said years ago. I think, I think it was Bishop Jakes. He made a statement. He said, he said one of the hardest things that he struggled with, and I had to agree with him, is when God show you what you're supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. how, you, how successful you're going to be. Yep. And then it doesn't look like where you are now. And then it seemed like it's so long that your reality is, God, why did you even show me in the first place? Like, yeah. You know, I was all yeah. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, I was all right before you gave me a glimpse or a capture a caption of this expected end. So I see myself with all these different things. I receive to say that, yeah, I'm already wealthy. And I you know, and, and I already understand the whole finished works of Jesus. I get it. But how come this is happening, this is happening, this is happening? And so you don't have those ready answers. All you have see, is... Uh, you know, start paying attention to other things instead of focusing. Like, and, those are the, those, and, and those are the distractions that he's talking about. Right. Check this out. Check this out. Remember when... Um, when when the Lord uh, was resurrected and uh, the brothers were out fishing, right? yeah, and off in the distance, someone's like, "Look, is this the teacher?" And Peter saw him jump in the water, swam to him, right. So that was that whole, "Where are you? Where are you, Peter? You know, do you believe? Do you still love me? If you do, feed my sheep." That was his redemption in that in yeah. that story being forgiven. But what I found interesting was there was a disciple there that those scriptures refer to him as the one that Jesus loved, right? Okay. And Peter asked the Lord, well, what about him? And Christ answered Peter saying, what does he have anything to do with you? You do what I tell you to do, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So a lot of times we get distracted by what's going on with other believers or other brothers and sisters and we don't know their story. We don't know what God, what, what what part of the process that they're in, but we see externally what the Lord is doing in their lives. And sometimes we compare that to where we are, or sometimes it's even questioning the purpose that we have, right? Sometimes. So, or if, if there's a stumbling block, if there's a moment to stumble, that should be a moment of fasting and prayer. That it, should be a moment of reflection. That should be because. It, it may not, and it might not even be that you're you're doing something wrong. It could yeah. just be a process that's being held up. Sometimes it could be a spiritual thing. Sometimes, like, um, was it Daniel that was praying, and he was asking God for something, and and the archangel Michael showed up and said, "Hey, you know, I was sent on, I was sent with this message to give you this answer, but I was held up in the spiritual realm because I was going to war with." principalities and, and, and other demonic forces that were holding back right i've already the answered prayer already. The, the prayer was, the answer was already there god mm-hmm. heard yeah. you from from the get-go mm-hmm. but our flat our our, our our uh our war is not against flesh and blood but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places so mm-hmm. we have to understand that in our purpose 
we have an adversary. We have an enemy that is driven by his purpose to keep us from accomplishing ours because he already knows his he already knows he's defeated. But he's salty and he wants us to, you know, because we're made in the image of our father and he hates that image. So he wants that image to be destroyed because that that's that's his purpose. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Right. But the what you know again, the word says, "No weapon formed against us shall prosper." You know, and all things work for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Purpose. I Christ. agree, one hundred percent. And I think we even touched on it earlier. Purpose driven can sometimes hurt. Yeah, and I, and I'll say this, like back in twenty fourteen. I think I was I got ordained maybe 2013, or licensed in 2013. And I was with this church. Dude, I was I was loving it. I was ministering music. I was ministering. I was walking in the calling. I was walking in my purpose. I was like, awesome. I saw a step. I saw the last step of where I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get to that. But I feel like I'm getting tripped up along this, this pathway. And the part that got me just all discombobulated is getting kicked out because of something I said on Sunday morning. And the hardest thing to do at that point, this is where I kind of understand his renouncing of faith almost. I don't fully understand that. But when you go to church and we are to build up the Christians, and we had this conversation last week, are we doing what we're supposed to do? Are we building up Christians? Are we teaching them? Are we encouraging them along the way in their purpose? And the biggest of those three is to teach them. It's like a father teaches you, all right, I need, you want to go out here and play baseball. Awesome. You ain't finna be an all-star when you start. You got to start from the bottom. You got to learn how to catch these ground balls, catch these pop flies, keep your eyes on the ball, and you can hit it. The problem where I face was when I get kicked out, it's, hey, Lord, where you at? Yeah, how could you, you let this happen to me? Yeah, I thought I was just spending time with you. I was in the word. I was reading. I was getting this revelation, and all of a sudden, I'm here. I I gave what you told me. This is dead, right? And I get the boot, and it's like, hey, Lord, where you at? You you ain't see what just happened? Because I'm packing up my keyboard, and we walking out the door. Like, what gives? Right. And I think we call it church hurt. Yes. Right. That's what a lot of them used to call it. Yeah, and it We used to be them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It, it is it is an indescribable feeling to where you feel abandoned. And it's not the faith that's in question because I never doubted Jesus. Never, not once. It's where I am. It's the environment. And now when I hear people who are not attending to their purpose or they're not attending to the dream that they were given, it's... It's where are you now? You know, it's like when when God walked through the garden and he looked for Adam after everything where had transpired. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I gave you something to do. I gave you something to be watchful over. What are you doing? And when I think about the call, even when I think about Jeremiah 29, I had already predestined you. And I, I think of a call now to ride to your destiny a little bit more serious because mm-hmm. – before you were even born, I gave you something to do. Yeah. Right. Before you even existed, I had a plan for you. Now, the problem is we get born and we get too smart. You think we know it all. Oh, my it, yeah. God. we like, all right, Lord, so I want to do that. 
I, I can I can do X, Y, Z. And it's like, mm, well, see, if you do that, you just delaying your journey just a little bit more. Right. And the problem where right. I had to deal with, I got to be humble and I got to follow the plan. We talked last humble, week. Yeah. <laughs> follow the plan. Follow the plan. Yeah. Right. Just and do it. The hardest thing to do is to be consistent in following the plan. The plan. So we even talk about like reading the scriptures every single day. Let me be honest. It's hard. After you work 14 days straight or you work five days, whatever your schedule is, and to sit down and read with your wife or to sit down and pray, hey, brother, that's hard. You ain't got to say it is, but I, I say it. It's hard. No, it is. It, it's hard. It is. And it's being consistent because you got to look at the calling. You got to look at the, the destination where you're supposed to be going. And you got to look at what you're responsible for. Right. So now, I guess as I get older, I see the dreams as a gardening place. Definitely. That's a great analogy. It's up to me to prune the garden. Mm -hmm. I got to water it. Yeah. I got to treat it. I got to make it look good. Right. Because it ain't just me. It's he who is in me working. And and check this out, too. Along with that analogy, like like in the conversation we we were having earlier about salvation, you know, always saved. You know, once saved, always saved. That's not the case. Ooh, no, sir. The Lord already paid the price. So salvation is free. It's a free gift to whosoever believe. But there's another side to that, and that's what we do, our response to the gift, right? And how we, when you choose to walk in the, in the spirit, it's a daily thing. It's crucifying your flesh daily. But that going, to the, going back to the analogy that you were saying that is so good is that, yes, we prune the garden. Yes, we, we till the ground and we, we fertilize the soil. We water it. But the sun shines on it and makes it grow. Exactly. And if we don't give something for the sun to shine on, then we're not working in our purpose. It ain't going to grow. And the, the, sun, the sun comes up every day. You know, the blood was paid for. It's a free gift. We all get the sunshine. But what are you doing with the seed that was given? Because exactly. we're all given talent. So what are we doing with it? Don't be that guy that went and hide it. Let me tell you that. Oh. Don't be that guy. But you know something else? When we prune it, I found out along these 30-something years, I got to prune people out of my life. Okay. It ain't Absolutely. really, it ain't the vision he gave me. It's the people that's around me. Mm-hmm. And you can ask my wife right now. You can ask anybody I know. I'm quick to cut you off. Feelings, what feelings? <laughs> uh, I got business to take care of. I tell you now, we could be cool on Monday. If the Lord say on Thursday, hey, that right there ain't no good. I bet you'll never hear from me ever again. Ever. <laughs> See, I used to be accused of being so raw and mean with that, and and I realized it was something that God imputed in me. That's I mean, a gift, I, brother. I mean, you know, and I realized I said, I said, oh wow, I said, I think I have gained the gift of goodbye. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I've gained the gift of that. You know, when it's time to leave, it's like goodbye, oh, no, 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 no. goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a gift. <laughs> you know. Because it's not something that you can just conjure up. It's one of those things, no. you know, and it's calculated. And some of us may be like, okay, if this one more thing happened, you know, um, you know, I'm going to leave. And then we don't because, we, you know, like you said, emotions get in or we start to say, okay, um, who am I indebted to be or, or be with? Or I can't really leave right now. But if God himself, the master of the sea, mm-hmm. master of the universe, the life-giving God. Come on, Doc. The, the great I am. All of these things speaks to you. First of all, he's a God who never sleeps or slumber. Mm-hmm. But he takes time to <laughs> to call you by your name and uh, speaks to you and say, this is what I want you to do because this is still back into alignment 
And so now I can find you in the place where I speak to you at, Adam. And the only reason why that he was he was he was like asking um, Adam, where, you know, where art thou? Because you came out of position, whereas I, I, you know, we had this relationship, we had this agreement right here for me to speak to you here, but for you to be somewhere else, it's not that God didn't know where He was. He wanted Him to identify His own placement. Hey, right. do you recognize where you're not? And so. Just that thing right there should be enough to say, okay, am I in position where God wants me to be? That's tough, man. That's hard. That's hard. You know, and so, yes, it is. And I believe that um, we need to become okay with um, accepting, hey, there's going to be some struggles along the way, some real ones. And when it comes to mine, my journey, which is what Brother Kenneth was saying, the whole comparison thing, you know, looking left or right, or how this person did it, how this person did it. Well, you were born specifically to do something specific for God so that he can be glorified and the people will be blessed as a benefit of that. So if that's the case, then know that um, if you start comparing yourself, that's of the enemy because yeah. now you're measuring who far and who's who's slow and who's quick and who's not. For the race is not given to the swift, no, 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 no even to the strong. It's a marathon, man. Right. The, real, the real marathon continues. But for that person that endureth to the end. Amen. So whatever that end is, it's a completion to that. And so this is when we, you know, we just discover to be like, all right, God, um, what my, I mean, even if I can relate to what your pain is, as you were saying, your pain is to get to this journey. I still don't have Brother Michael's story. True. I would never have Brother Kenneth's story. They would never have my story. Right. But it's all his story, which gives him the history. It's all tailored. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It is specifically custom- to you. Right. It is tailored, customized for you. And if you don't walk it out, um, this customer came into my um, barber chair. And she was just talking about all kinds of different things, whatever. And I said, hey, um, I said, so you specialize in making women's dresses and stuff. She she just migrated from New York. Now she came down to Atlanta, Georgia. And for whatever reason, I told her, I said, I said, do you want it? I said, I've heard this so many times, but maybe you, you never heard it. And I just took a chance. I didn't want to assume. I said, have you ever heard somebody ask the question, where is the most wealthiest place in the world that's local? And she was just naming other stuff. I said, it's just a cemetery. And she was oh. like, she Man, said, yeah, I said, it's the wealthy. Oof. So she was thinking all the cement, the coliseums. I said, no, look how many people died and had all those visions and dreams and, and all kind of business and stuff in them and never did anything with them. And that's what they were born for in the first place. So if God put in you something and you probably only had a grace to only live 30 to 40 something years to get that one thing out with all the distractions. Marriages, family, children, neighbors, bad people, good people, whatever, your attitudes, your isms, all your schisms, all that. <laughs> and you spent, God only really allotted for you to live 65 years, but he wanted to get 20 years of this particular thing out because you finally said yes or you obeyed him. He knew it was already factored in for you to have stumble blocks. It was already factored in for you to, to get distracted by the shiny things and come off of the freeway when you're supposed to stay on it and just stay on 85. So if you only had a certain amount of time to do it, you don't know when you're going to die. You know when you was born. And then you don't know when the, uh, the son of man is going to come back for you. So, it's a teachable moment, man. Those teachable moments, you got to just pick up. How much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. You know. So when I look at people that's like, hey, um, you know, I made 99 years old. I made this. Okay, so there's something that God wants to give, get out of you. And that might be a lot of some things. Yeah, what did you do? Right. So what did you do with all of that um, life that God gave you that you didn't deserve at all? You know, there's no such thing as being perfect. 
if you, you're perfect in something else that's beyond you. So you're perfect in Christ, according to Colossians. Correct. So, so you need to be out of yourself anyway to get it all things done. And you need to be able to acknowledge, hey, there's no way I could have did any of these things by myself. And God is like, that's how I get the glory out of it because now I, I smell faith. I smell humility. Mm-hmm. You know, I smell. So that produces the fruit of of the spirit. Now you're being led of me. Now I can brag about you. Not you brag about you, because whatever you do in secret, I'm going to reward you in, you know, openly. Publicly. Right. right. But if you go ahead and, and brag about this is what I did and this is what I did, whatever, and God be like, all right. That's so your reward. That's your reward. So now you got distracted by all the stuff that you think you did. Right. You know, so, so like you're saying, um, the background from which we come from, you know, um, and we talked about that last week, and the different families. So it's a lot of pruning that, that God made sure that he wanted to get out of us. So then we won't be somebody that's bragging about what we've done and, and all these different things. He don't want, listen, he just, God says that I will reward you for your faithfulness. So those different um, things, I think, is strong enough to say, okay, I'm driven by this. This stuff is is, is why I wake up every day. I have a purpose to be here. Evidently, he didn't take me. You know, he could have taken any of us in in the bed with a lovely wife. But he keeps connecting us. He keeps giving us this immeasurable strength. He sure. keeps giving us that willpower to do it, even though that we even doubt ourselves. God, you sure? He'd be like, yes, I'm sure. You're the only one that's supposed to produce Heinz ketchup. It would never be Heinz ketchup again if this person didn't do it. Right. There's only one Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and he was in his older age. I mean, you know, we can go Very on true. and on and on and on. You know. If there was no Ray Kroc, we would never would have heard a mass amount of McDonald's all over the world. Because this person connected with these two brothers who didn't see the vision beyond their little local restaurant. Right. Right. So it takes somebody to break the barriers because we are in a generation that um, people don't really do what they say they're going to do. Correct. You know, I heard this brother say this. Yeah. You know, hey, I I got this call. Hey, I want to do this. Now people are waiting to be like, so when are you going to do it? We heard you talk about it yeah. for two years. Well, see, I, I, I can relate to that. And I think um, for some time, even now, even now, I'm still breaking loose from that, being in that place. When I lacked an understanding, I always thought, okay, well, I'm saved and the Lord is with me. So it's just going to come. And when the time comes, I'm going to be ready. Mm. It don't work like that. Oh, no, you didn't do the work. Yeah, you got to yeah. get ready. Yeah, you have to do you the work. You got to get ready and stay ready so but, that when the opportunity comes and God says go, you're fully equipped for what he's giving you. Man, let me tell you something. I told my wife the other day we were talking about this. When it comes to getting something, I jump off a cliff. If the Lord told me to do it, I jump off a cliff. If it's if it's a purpose mm-hmm. or if it's a dream, I, pew, I'm out. But what did it take for you to get to that mindset and that attitude because that's something that I think that the listeners are like, okay, what did Michael do or what did um, Brother Kenneth do or, or feel to be like, hey, I'm coming out of that thing to even get to that point, you know, because I was told that over the years I have the gift of faith and but see, that had a lot to do with um, God's telling me to do crazy stuff beyond, um, beyond things and I'm just like, I don't have the money for that. Um, Where's this building going to come from to open up a barbershop? And God was like, just open up the newspaper. Just go on Craigslist. Just start it. Yeah, that's it. And watch the elements of the, a lot of people go, the elements of the universe just start. Right. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, okay. So in my mind, you know, (laughs) I start laughing. I said, oh, the universe. But I instantly go to some. Well, 
Well, the earth is the Lord and the food is the earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's what it is. Oh, okay, 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 the universe. So once you go ahead and make up your mind, and like you said, be extra bold, and you don't care what anybody says, all right. And even that statement is is, is so is so strong because that any, I don't care what anybody says, they even... That even counts for you because your self-talk talks you out of stuff and in stuff all the time. Dude, so you so you're the first audience. You better preach. So if you're saying, yeah, I know I don't need to eat that cake. And then, you, and then you're, the other person tell you on the inside, yeah, you know you want that cake. That cake look good. Yeah, that's called self-talk. So we talk out. So so to talk ourselves back into what he told us, back into us saying it's going to happen. But the people are ready. And I and. I don't forget how somebody told me they, they was like, "Listen, you're frustrating a lot of people," and I'm just like, "No, I didn't." I took a, I, so I took it personal. They said, "Yes, you are." Do you know that the reason why other things are not happy because um, you're not becoming in alignment, believing what God told you to walk in your purpose. So these people can go ahead and sow the seeds to pay for what He told you. You got people who's frustrated, like, okay, I got to be still and know that. So, God, whoever I'm supposed to sow this seed to, because they don't know who it is yet, because you didn't fall into alignment yet. These people are waiting to hire you, but you don't believe that you qualify. And see, that's the thing about purpose. Purpose. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But I know purpose seems like it's a singularity type business. It's your dream, it's your purpose. This is your lane. In actuality, Everything works out according to your good, right? But it ain't just your good. It's the actual church. Right. Mm-hmm. I ain't talking about that building. I'm talking about the people the that people. actually believe, who are saved, that knows that Jesus came down, died, rose again. Your purpose is to help everybody else. So your purpose isn't just selfish. It is for all to take a part of. Right. If God gives you a business, that's to hire somebody. That person needs a job, but God, but God wanted them to work for you because it was something that you have to offer to that particular person. And people think that everything happens by happenstance. No, there is a plan. There is a purpose. And you got to be mindful of your garden, what you got going on. You may be pruning, but every time you prune it, something else has to grow. I mean, look at, for example, this Thought came to my mind earlier, and it, and it revolved right back when you were just talking to that point. When you look at uh, the New Testament, you look at Ananias, the gentleman that was in Damascus after uh, Paul was on the road, and he and he saw the Lord. Right? The Lord spoke to Ananias and told him, "Look, I got a dude that's coming to you, and I know he got a reputation. Yeah, right. He's he's done some things." To afflict me personally, but I'm going to use him for my glory. And this is what I want you to do. He's going to come to your door looking for you. I want you to place your hands on his eyes and heal him of his blindness so that he can see. And he's like, Lord, you sure? <laughs> like, this dude been out here persecuting and killing us, locking us up and all this stuff. But again, the Lord has a purpose and a design for every person. Correct. And that particular role, Ananias' role, was just to be obedient and just do what the Lord said, which he did. And we hear about his testimony now. You know, who's to say? I, I believe all things, you know, if Ananias was disobedient, the Lord still would have found a way to get Paul what he needed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the fact that you played a part in being obedient, your name is recalled and recorded in the book of life. Like, we all can learn from that testimony. 
So it never it doesn't matter what you think about your position. You can be you can be the person that unlocks a door for somebody that can lead millions into the kingdom. 100%. Right. Because you played your part and we don't see that. We're so short sighted. But when when, you know, again, the Lord says that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. We can only see from our perspective. Right. Right. Whereas the Lord sits on high and he looks down and sees everything at one time, everything at all, every every moving piece on on the chessboard. He can see all of it moving at one time. And he knows, hey, once this piece moves here, I got this other piece. I got this move that he's so far ahead of us. Yep. And we tend to forget that sometimes. We tend to forget that, hey, man, I'm just a player in the game. All I got to do is just play my role. You know, once once you discover what your purpose is and the Lord, lean on him and not your own understanding. And all your, acknowledge him in all of your ways, all of your faults, your, your, your thoughts, all of your faults, all of the things that make you unclean in spirit. Acknowledge them before the Lord and he will cleanse you and make your path straight. And then you put on the mind of Christ. Then you walk in the spirit. He will make everything straight for you. So even when this is how you know you're in you're in the in the will of God. There's a difference between when you go through a struggle or you go through a failure and you kind of shook like, okay, Lord, what's up? This is not working out and you get frustrated. You know you're in the, the will of the Lord when a situation comes your way and you have a peace in that situation. Because his peace surpasses all understanding. I don't mm-hmm. need to understand my situation. I know the Lord is with me. He told me to do this thing, so he's with me. I'm cool. Sometimes what we need to do in those moments is just be still. Be still, fast, pray, listen to the voice of the Lord, and move when he says go. Sometimes, and being still can be, you You may sit still for two weeks. You might sit still for two, two, two years. There's no limit on what the, the workings of what it is that God is doing because Again, to your point, Cortez, there are other players on the board that need to move into positions so that things can get done. Mm-hmm. And Correct. we don't we don't know what those positions are. So while at every stage of where we are in our purpose, we do everything onto the Lord to the best of our ability, because he's given us the ability to do all things. Right. So we do it onto the Lord and do it with a cheerful heart and make sure that we are being consistent again with what's given because once we prove ourselves consistent, there'll be more room made for us. Because not only in that in that parable did the, the one guy that buried his talent, he got he got it taken away, but there was something awesome that happened in that too, that sometimes we overlook. The guy who was diligent with the position that he had, the Lord gave what was taken away from the other dude to him and gave him more. Yep. Right? So when you operate in your purpose, like when we do what we're called to do, we get closer to the vision and the dream that God gave us. So it's not about us understanding how we get there. We just got to believe and trust on him and keep our eyes on him. And he'll make all paths straight. Have to believe. Indeed. You have to believe. So as we close this out, guys, if you don't know your purpose, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, this is the perfect time to ask God to pray. What am I supposed to do? I promise you, if you reach out sincerely, he will answer. He will direct you. Guys, that's our time. We will see you next week.